Hello and welcome to Digital Know How. This podcast series is brought to you by Digital Works Group. Our team of experts are here to share straight talking, no nonsense, practical information and advice for successful digital transformation. In this episode, Garrett Kehoe, partner at Digital Works Group, chats with Sophie Fraser on why storytelling is a critical success factor for your marketing and user experience design. Thanks for joining me today, Garrett. Before we dive into our topic today, I just wonder whether you could tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. Yeah, my original background actually is in working in journalism. So uh, early 90s, I was involved in the IT press and technology press at quite an exciting time when the computer industry was really kind of getting going. And the big kind of companies, the Microsofts and Apples, the world hadn't even yet um, emerged from that area. So it was a really exciting time for a young kind of 19, 20 year old journalist to be covering a field. So and I ended up meeting, you know, the likes of Bill Gates and Larry Ellison and Steve Jobs, you know, really early on when they're still kind of on their journey to be the kind of heroes of the industry they are today. And then from there, I moved into the Internet press. So at a time when there was a magazine about the Internet, which seems crazy when I talk Mm -hmm. to young students and young people at work today. I moved to working for the big internet providers. So that's AOL and CompuServe. So CompuServe, most of us of a certain age will remember as our first way to get online. But what I ended up doing, moving down is kind of significant for me and a big tipping point in my career was moving to be part of the, the people that made the content that went on the internet. So because I realized really early on that the digital platforms are just part of a wider ecosystem of content, whether it's as we know now, whether it's TV or film or or watching things on screen, it's all about who makes the content. And you can see that brands like Netflix have all of that content now. So I kind of made that move. So that was uh, RDF, which was a kind of UK production company that made big TV shows. So that was about shows like Location Location and and Shipwrecked and Being Human and and kind of mainstream drama and entertainment shows. And my role in all of this was being a digital guy. So I was the one taking traditional broadcasting into a digital space. And I ended up then doing that at MTV, where I was at a kind of board level in terms of at the table with the, you know, the people making the decisions about MTV in the UK. But at that stage, you know, which is kind of late 90s, early 2000s was more about just getting them to even think digitally, you know, think about mm. putting things online, think about websites, think about, you know, this is early days of even streaming. And that was where we were at. And that's where we were you know, the move we had to make. And, and I still find even today, when a lot of clients, the internet revolution, which is, I guess, 20 years old or something now, you're still having to explain to people, you know, why social media is a key part of your marketing, why retail is about being online, why bricks and mortar shops might not have the same future they once had and stuff. So we're still at the kind of the ripples of that revolution. And I was lucky enough to be there at the early days. But all the way through my kind of career is to think about users and audiences and what they what motivates them you know and then after mtv i I ended up running my own um, social media agency called telegraph hill which did uh, kind of campaigns and social media community management at a time when things were shifting in that direction so we worked with big tv broadcasters the biggest in the world basically the the e-channel or or bbc or itv or sky and then increasingly for brands wanting to make kind of social media content and 
and kind of tell stories beyond just you know advertising as such. So that ends up us working for people like Red Bull and and uh, Nike and those kind of big brands that wanted to bring some of that TV expertise. And that's something I feel really passionate about. You know the broadcast and TV production models and the quality of the content has been key to telling those stories that all companies need to do. And I, that's what I do now. So I work with, with all sorts of brands at a kind of, on a, as a consultant, looking at their campaigns, their stories, and that's right down to how their, what their websites look like, you know, what, what's their, their UX design. And a lot of that is about uh, rapid pro- prototyping. So making things, you know, I'm, I'm getting really excited about making things and getting them out there in the wild and getting them tested. And, and users, you know, so case studies and focus groups, so speaking mm-hmm. to the people who are consuming your content or your service or your product, and what is it that they want? We're talking about storytelling lessons and yeah. what we can draw from TV and film. Can you just explain a little bit more on why you think it's so important for marketing and UX design? Yeah, I think, first of all, you know, you have to connect to people on an emotional level. And I think, you know, we're all buying for attention. So whether we're, you know, promoting um, an insurance service or a new app, a direct-to-consumer product or a B2B service, we're vying for attention. And that attention is often played out in the social media feed. So you're up against pictures of somebody's baby, the pictures <laughs> of a Christmas dinner, you know, the cute cat they found online you know so things that are kind of pulling at their emotional heartstrings and you're then trying to talk about your service or your product so you need to understand how can I connect emotionally with people so that's when we talk about storytelling I know it's an overused phrase that's what we talk about so connecting with people emotionally and taking them on a journey and the end result of that journey may be them coming to your event engaging with your product clicking a button to find out more clicking a button to buy the product. It can be any of these things, but the journey to get there has to connect with people on a deep level because there's one, there's just so much noise. And secondly, that's how you build real, um, you know, advocates of your brand, you know, so not just consumers and not just customers, but advocates. So people who will use your brand and recommend it to their friends and family. You know, I, I signed up for this insurance service the person I spoke to at the end of the phone was great. They were really friendly. So again, that's even in the customer service and the sales. You're thinking mm. again about connecting with people. You know, the sign-up process was really easy. They saved me a lot of money. I think you should use yeah. this service too. And that's the kind of customer recommendation and validation that all brands are looking for, regardless of whether it's B2C or B2B and stuff. Mm. And I think that's what I mean when I talk about storytelling. It's connecting on an emotional level. Yeah. And I guess conversely, the the flip side of that is that if you don't get it right and people don't become advocates, actually they can become highly sort of disruptive and go in, go and spread bad press, tweet about maybe the terrible service they receive, those negative connotations if you don't get it right. I, th- I think so, yeah. And I think you have to watch that. So I think once you open up the conversation, and that might be just in terms of launching your brand on social platforms, you've got to be available. You know, you've got to be present. And, you know, so the, so yeah, you're right. It can do damage for a brand if the only things on its Facebook page are bad reviews or on those rating service like TripAdvisor or even Glassdoor or Trustpilot. If it's like there's negative consumer feedback, you know, that affects decisions I make because of like, it's an emotional connection with it. So I think, I think you're right. I think once you've, you've, you've started that conversation, you've got to be there and be present and understand what it is. And with customer service on social media, for example, that's about responding quickly. So the person feels 
cared about and then getting them into a process which is a kind of traditional customer service process of if you mail us or if you dm us or if you call us we'll sort out your problem and nine times out there the customer's gone this is great this is all i wanted to hear and you'll see the best brands that do that consumer brands i think like greg's the baker is really good at doing that so if you post it on one of their pages they'll get back in touch with you really quickly and you can see people going oh i was just giving you feedback i really like your brand and i like buying products mm. So there's a story, right? There's, there's a traditional Greg's and Northern Bakery that's now established itself as a kind of a, a friendly, open environment that we all feel comfortable in shopping in, you know, whether you're vegan or not vegan. It's about trends and data as well. So I look at the move towards veganism, you know, as a move towards people being more environmentally aware, more aware of the food chain and what they consume. You know, so there's a business opportunity there for all of the brands that are releasing vegan products. So really interesting here of like how you tell a story can affect your brand. And you're right, you can see it on the bottom line in terms of their massive uh, win last year. And then and then again, then paying back some of that to their staff. Mm. So again, that's part of the story. You know, it's not just a successful business. It's about how they treat their staff and then how they ultimately treat their customers. And ultimately, I think what we're trying to get to is about honesty and transparency. Yeah, that was a word that definitely pops up into my mind because ultimately you can't can't control absolutely everything within life or a brand or your business, but it's the steps you take um, in responding and being transparent. And it's, it's, for businesses, that's actually a bit of a change in in approach, isn't it? Because I think previously it would be about, well, how can we, how can we brush that under the carpet and limit the damage? Whereas now, actually, I think people really appreciate that transparency. But just thinking of these things as well, you know, and I know at a board level or in a, you know, in a kind of change management teams and, you know, a lot of this language of stories and emotions thing don't seem relevant, but they do when you start thinking about this because it does affect the bottom line that you're absolutely Yeah. And do you think often, I guess, when we're looking at B2B, which is a bit drier, sometimes it's not always the sexiest products that you're selling. Do you think they can fall into this trap of neglecting the human and emotional side of the marketing and what they're doing? Yeah, I think so. I think if you look at things like I just worked on a project about business insurance, business broadband, business energy rates, you know, so they're not the most exciting subjects. And you look at all those kind of either the suppliers websites or the price comparison websites, and it's very dull. It's a decision that businesses have to make about which providers they go with and nobody's really engaging with it. And they're just kind of randomly going through all of these websites and using Google as a research. And, and there's, a, there's an example of where a brand could kind of come through with real stories. Because what you want to do is see what do people like me buy? But people who have a similar world to my business you know so companies are my size what do they do so you want to see and read the stories of people like you and that's what you connect with this lady runs a business in a small village in manchester that sounds like something like i do down in devon you know i'm a, I'm a high street retailer i'm a, a sme so I'm, I'm small business less than 10 people but i own property so i'm in the market for business insurance business broadband business energy but I don't think of those ways. I don't think about insurance. I don't even think I'm an SME. I just think I'm a hairdresser or a takeaway. Mm. So it's about how it's about language, and it's so you know getting rid of some of the language, say of SMEs and small business, and talk about people and talk about towns and communities. You know, if you think about a takeaway or, or a hairdresser in a in a small village in Yorkshire, it's a key part of the community. You know, it's it's uh, connecting people as well as selling a product. They might have been in the high street for twenty years or more. There's a story to be told there. 
but also they're not thinking of themselves as an SME that needs business insurance, but they are thinking about how do I save money? How do I make my, my business more effective? How do I respond to things like Brexit or you know, you know, new government regulations or new taxes and stuff? How do I respond to those things? You can connect with people on that level. So that's a long way of saying, I think the same things apply in B2B. So that's like mm. a small business buying insurance as it would in a consumer going into a bakery or, or, or watching a TV show. Yeah, so I guess businesses really need to start to integrate these storytelling techniques into their marketing and, and UX design. So that is quite relatively easy from your perspective. It's more about attitude and approach. Yeah, I think so. I mean, sometimes it's a cultural thing, you know, it's like who are the people in your organisation going to do this? And, and if not, where am I going to hire these people from? You know, for some traditional industries or, or, or IT industries, you know, finding people from a creative industry might be a challenge. And also you've got to have a culture that those people are going to be able to fit into. So you end up, I think, as part of this journey, looking fundamentally at your organisation. And I do think that's important. It can be a challenge. So I don't think it is necessarily easy. I think once you've identified what, what are the specifics you want to do, there's somebody in your organisation that's already speaking to your customers and your users. So it might just mean you need some extra expertise in terms of writers or, or you know, working with an agency to help kind of turn those stories into, you know, marketing assets in that particular example. I think also there's, there's probably lots of advocates within your own business. So there might be a few unsung heroes that you can identify that maybe are working at the front line that actually can tell the story for you as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, and again, in, you know, in recent jobs I've worked in, there's often, there might be the salespeople, you know, they're on the phone to these customers every day and they know exactly what, what it is that's engaging them and what they, you know, what they think of your brand and stuff. So I think ultimately, again, it's back to data and data being uh, users, you know, focus groups, user surveys, you know, user feedback, you know, all those kind of sites like Trustpilot and Glassdoor and stuff are really useful and, and TripAdvisor, but also just getting that data. And that might be about setting up some, some user groups and focus groups and talking to your customers. Um, and I think that's where those things will come out. And there will, you're absolutely right, there will be people on the front line of your organization and your support or in your sales teams or in your IT support teams that are already talking to your customers. And they'll have lots of ideas because they'll come across this stuff day in, day out. So, Garrett, you've had some, obviously, some really rich experience of, of brands that are fantastic at storytelling. Are there any that really spring to mind? Yeah, I think in terms of the, you know, the, the company I just recently worked for a bionic business, which, you know, is selling uh, SMEs, uh, insurance and energy and broadband. I think that's a company that now has kind of reinvented itself. So it was called Make It Cheaper. And the end of last year, it became bionic business. So I was involved in that process of what's that new brand look like and what does it feel like? And then, you know, making sure that their social media and their marketing is full of the faces of those customers. So that's customer stories. And that event involved us sending a journalist and a photographer around the country talking to those customers and starting with identifying who those customers were and keeping that relationship with them. You know, you can't do, keep this relationship with every single customer, but the ones that we featured in our stories online and on social, you know, they're, customer, they're customers for life now for the Bionic brand. You know, and they're advocates, you know, and we're looking at how do we take that to the next level and, you know, have a whole town full of people that are kind of customers of a certain brand. So I think that's a really good example. I worked recently as well with a t-shirt brand, so a men's clothing line. And we are trying to identify, identify kind of, you know, 
heroes that people could connect with, you know. So so people that were doing amazing things and we ended up looking at sports people and chefs and whatever else, but that who you know, and a story of of, of how they'd kind of gone to to uh, build up their careers and telling their story of how they kind of got to the level in their career in a way that we could connect with. So they weren't superheroes, they were kind of everyday heroes. Mm. And again, identifying those people and then talking to them about their journey, trying to get our customer, potential customers, to identify with them. And, and you know, and this was a, a clothing brand and, and a kind of men of a certain age who used to be kind of quite fashion conscious and clubbing conscious and, and football fashion kind of background who are now found themselves in their 40s and 50s and didn't quite know what to wear anymore you know so mm. we we're trying to tell again a story of people like them who kind of reached a peak in their middle age and then and also just in really inspire and, and people that are passionate about stuff um, and then we you know we had some interesting challenges even within the tv industry you know we'd have a you know we worked closely with sky on a tv show um called the enfield hunting which was about a poltergeist story and they were looking for a new way to kind of tell this kind of ghost story and you know did some research looked at the audience base then did the whole thing about uh property development and and actually ended up running a campaign was about us you know setting up a stunt to scare estate agents so basically <laughs> agents went to cost off a house that turned out to be haunted and we filmed it all with hidden cameras and all the rest of it so, you know, so this is a, a, a piece of content that actually becomes, you know, watch what happens when estate agents get terrified of a haunted house. And the point of that was get people talking about a TV show, which they knew nothing about and didn't really understand. So they're kind of some of the more fun elements, but the, you can see the same thing is coming across, really, which is like understanding the audience. You know, reality is nobody's interested in your brand. They're interested in things that make their life better. You know, so yeah. and the reason why people like Uber and the people like Just Eat and because it makes their life easier and it's a better experience than, than you know, cooking for yourself or, or waiting for a, a black cab or, or a, a local taxi firm. You use Uber or you use Just Eat or Deliveroo because they save you time and they make you, they feel like they make your life better. Or people use a Monzo card rather than a traditional credit card because the user interface you know, and the way it's kind of set up, you know, makes me feel better about my life and understands my life. You know, Monzo is a great example of something that understands that, you know, you might not want to save, but you're quite happy to kind of round off every spend and put some money into a little pot of money. Or, you you, you, you know, splitting a bill at a restaurant is a complicated thing to do. You know, if you can make that easy, if you can understand my life and what I do with my products through user focus groups and then create something that's easy to use, then I think that's uh, you're onto a winner there. So, do you have any final pieces of advice for people or businesses, I should say, who are new to storytelling or haven't really started to think about things in that way? How should they start going about things? I think the starting point is is understanding your audience. So, understanding your customers, you know, whether it's a B two B world or a B two C world. So that's like you know, and and you know, creative people from the creative industries like me. And now, we, you know, we love data as much as the, the, the most geekiest person in your team because data gives us, we can see stories in data. So it's about, you know, everything from social listening tools to Google Analytics to, to focus groups is, is looking at what are your customers doing? What motivates them? What they do they do when they get online? What pages on your website are they looking at? Where are they dropping out of the experience? Where are they dropping out the shopping experience online? Where they, I don't know, put something in a shopping basket and haven't bought it and stuff. 
and understanding that in terms of looking at the data, trying to see those trends and spot those kind of things that are happening and then kind of mapping that with conversations with real users. So I'll go back to that and, and realising that's not about your brand. You know, people don't care about your brand, but they do care about products to make their life easier. So understanding those people, understanding what else they're consuming, I think is important. So if your audience is watching traditional media, how do we get your story there? If your audience is on social, what are they doing there? If your audience is on search, you know, what are they searching for? How are they finding your website and stuff? So again, understanding their journey from finding out about you and your business through to making the final purchase and decision or connection with your business. So the answer to your question as a starting point is understanding your audiences and understanding your customers and their everyday life. What other brands are they using? You know, how does your product fit into their life? And then taking it from there. And then how can we tell stories? A story can be everything from here is, you know, Mary, she runs a hairdresser's in Lancashire. This is her story and how she came to buy broadband from this particular provider. Or a story can be, how do we get people using a Monzo card, you know, using a credit card? Think about savings when traditional savings is is a turn off for kind of early 20s customers or something like that. So how can we get people to change it? And what is the thing we do, you know? What do we call it? What do we name it? What's the video we make? What's the thing we put on the website to get people to do it? And then understanding that journey right through to kind of turning them into a customer and then keeping them as a customer. So building a community of engaged customers and advocates for your brand. And that's really powerful if you can get that right. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Gareth. It's been great talking to you and listening to your experience. Those real sort of top things that people can start thinking about. 